inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. Yes, it is time right now for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Peter Burke at uh, thedailygardener.com online. Our program today is brought to you by Menards Agway Family True Value, your neighborhood yard guard, yard garden and pet place, all them things, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville, by Grow Compost of Vermont, compost soils, mulches, and lots more. They're online at growcompost.com and located right down the road from us on Route 2 in Moortown. By the Willie's Store in Greensboro, your true value store right there near Caspian Lake. Guy's Farm and Yard, four locations to serve you. Montpelier, Morrisville, Williston, and St. Albans. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, Main Street in Colchester. Head to Clausen's.com for mega Monday coupons. Great value. P&R Lumber. Yep, locally milled lumber and a family-owned business serving you. They're on Route 15 in Wolcott. Buy your locally owned Montpelier Agway seeds and feeds and so much more. Route 2 in Montpelier. And buy these flowers and garden shops. Such a nice place. Main Street in Waitsfield. Yes, indeed. And uh, right now, we uh, welcome to the... Well, first of all, let me say, your te- the telephones are always open, so it's your garden comments and questions to Peter. We're at uh, 802-244-1777. You can call that number or toll-free from most anywhere, 877-291-8255. And tell your friends out of the area, we're online. Yep, streaming live right now at wdevradio.com. And now, here's Peter. <laughs> hey, thanks, Joel. can't remember all those things I'm supposed to say, even when they're right in front of me here. Yeah. That's right. And there's podcasts, too. Oh, all, all those things. <laughs> all those back, things. Back when I was a kid, we had a black and white Dumont television they set. And a, and a, a chalkboard and a piece of chalk, that's right? That's about it. I had to walk uphill to school both ways, you know? <laughs> Yes, the old days, for sure. <laughs> well, in these due days, August 31st, well, it's Labor Day, and that just about, um, that, that tips a hat to summer and says, you know, we're on, on the next phase, I'm afraid. Uh, starting to look out for uh, uh, last hard frost, and um, but I think we got plenty of time still uh, for all kinds of things in the garden and, uh, and beyond. Um, this is the time of year that we think about, well, how to preserve the harvest and uh, harvest the last of different things. Um, but there's still another good month of growing for uh, all types of, all, all the different things that we have. It's uh, tomatoes are starting to ripen, our cherry tomatoes, oh boy, those sun golds are sweet as could be. Got plenty of those. Yep, plenty of those, and thank goodness, uh, and the cucumbers are just as crisp and juicy and sweet as you could ever want. And um, I learned something. Uh, the, well, I, I sort of relearned it. I was reminded of the fact that uh, even uh, cucumbers uh, need to be pruned. And huh. I know that 
I mentioned quite frequently about the tomatoes needing to be pruned and cutting out the suckers and doing that on a regular basis and cutting off the bottom branches. But it's true for uh, cucumbers. They have uh, side branches, and and they're called uh, growth points, uh, but they're really suckers just like, um, well, I guess they're not quite like a sucker. But anyway, you'll see them at various different nodes along where they actually start to vine out and start to grow. And if you're trellising like, like I do, then you want to you wanna pinch those off. You want to go ahead and pinch them off to keep it uh, to one uh, w one vine going up, and uh, that's uh, it's a good time of year even now because uh, as I said we got another uh, four weeks anyway of of good gardening season. So if you if you're curious about it, go out take a look at your your uh, trellised cucumbers and look for the growth points or suckers and trim them off. So that at this point, most of the cucumbers, if they haven't already formed, if they're just going out and just starting to flower, well, uh, they're probably not going to make it. So you want to put all the energy you can into the fruits of the cucumber. And if you've never done that before, go out, take a look, give it a try. And if they're growing on the ground, well, you can do the same thing. It's just a little harder to work there. Uh, bent over and and uh, in amongst the cucumber plants, you want to make sure not step on them or anything like that. So uh, look at the uh, pruning cucumbers. Now I was talking to my son Jake and his girlfriend Nikki this this morning as I was getting ready for class and sort of going over the things that that um, I wanted to talk about. And uh, Nikki said, "Well, you should tell him about." Um, you should tell him about uh, freezing uh, chard balls. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> I'm going to get my gun out. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and it, it's, a, it's a very clever and uh, interesting idea. And certainly if you have lots and lots of Swiss chard, which is this time of year, you probably do. And the leaves are probably 20 inches long or Anyway, they're they're um, uh, in plentiful plentiful supply. Uh, you take oh, 10, 15 of them and uh, cut the leaf off and uh, handle the stem separately. And uh, like any time you want to freeze, these are frozen, right? Any time you want to freeze greens like that, you want to blanch them. Uh, the chard is just uh, like. Uh, kale or collars, just cut a couple minutes in the, in the hot boiling water and then into the ice water to cool them off quickly. And what she was telling me she does, she actually takes them and forms a ball. You know, she presses the water out, the cold water out of the leaves and presses them into a ball about the size of a baseball. And uh, when, when uh, those are all together, she puts them on a cookie sheet, puts them in the freezer, and then once they're frozen, she'll put them in a bag or a plastic container. And so that's a uh, chard ball. And at the same time, she uh, does the stems for three minutes, you know, a little bit longer than the, the leaves, and then puts those on the, uh, the sheet and freezes those up at the same time. And uh, uh, that was a, a fascinating idea, and she, she serves a lot of people, um, you know, uh, and uh, she said this was really a big help to have one of those balls, you know, just what the serving is and how, much, uh, how many of those you need. Anyway, I thought that was a clever idea. Um, Joel, you say we got a call already? Uh, let's talk to Norm in Bristol. 
Hello. Hey, Norm. How you doing? Good. Uh, I have a couple of questions for you. One sure. about uh, curing onions. Yeah. Do you just tie them? Do you like gather them together and tie them, let them dry, and then trim them and you know, or wash them first, or what? What should you do? Well, it's it's a little different than my approach to to garlic is. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, you can let them dry out. Uh, you can even let them dry out in the in the sun if you know. Um, uh, and what you're what you're looking for is the the top, the green top, to to be completely uh, dry and crisp. Right. And uh, you might leave them to cure in the sun for oh a day or two. I wouldn't leave them out there infinitely, but uh, leave them you know in the sun a day or two, and then put them on a like a tray or something where there's plenty of airflow. Put them in a place where same thing as garlic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing as garlic at that point. And uh, then, you know, you rub them, get off all the, the extra leaves, and then you put them in a net bag in a cool place, cool, dark place. Make sure it's dark. Do you trim the roots off? And um, I do. I, I go in and I clip the roots off and then, and then uh, use a—we've got a, a brush, you know, a vegetable brush that I get mm-hmm. the, the dirt off. And uh, they they seem to store just fine like that. Uh, I don't have the kinds of problems I have with garlic. And with the garlic, I like to wash the roots. And so when you, before you put them on a tray, uh-huh. after leaving them in the sun for a couple of days, you yeah. trim off the tops. Trim off. Uh, I trim off the tops, and then I cl- clip the the roots. Okay. Um. And so, what do you usually do? Is that what you usually do? Yeah, basically. Yeah. I just yeah. Well, I'm going to use those trays that I've got down. Uh, and storage, you know, that I've got plants in yep, over yep. the years. I've I know the ones up. you mean. Uh, they're sort of a woven bottom in a way, yeah. plastic weave. Yeah, those are perfect. And uh, I'm I, doing I, my garlic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I use the same thing. Um, <clears throat> and then I usually uh, finish them off in, inside. I have a, a room upstairs. I've got a... Uh, uh, it's a it's a dryer that I made, and it's mm. just a hardware cloth on the bottom of a wooden tray, and I've I've got enough that if if it's small things I can put uh, all the trays in. If it's bigger things, then I put every other tray in. But anyway, I finish them off indoors where it's definitely drier, mm. and 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 then into the dark uh, dark cool place. Yeah. What uh, kind of onions did you grow? Oh, the the uh, oh, storage onions. Oh, okay. Yellow yeah. and and the red. Oh, and the red. Yeah, I yeah. I love growing red onions. They're they're. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got some uh, good. Uh, uh, see the corn coming in now. Yeah. Uh, silver queen. Yep. Uh, I found some little aphids. I guess there were aphids on the underside. They're like a mass of uh-huh. black little things, but they look like. The, it looks like the ants might be um, doing something with them. Oh yeah, that, they, they milk the aphids. Actually, That's what they I milk thought. them like cows. Yeah, yeah. So it's, those aphids aren't going to hurt the corn at all. Uh, probably not. Certainly not at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, one thing about cantaloupe, you said something about suckers on cucumbers. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed uh, in my cantaloupe this year they were producing uh, those side branches, which you call yep. suckers. Yeah. Should I cut those too? Oh sure, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, it's the same principle, and and uh, uh, you know you're not going to get any cantaloupes on those side branches at this point. No, not a chance. Yeah, they started doing that. Oh, maybe 
a month or a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, uh, just like a tomato, it's it's a, a good thing to go ahead and prune those and try to, you know, get one big one if you can. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. Uh, so watermelon, same thing? Oh, yeah, all the melons and all the melons. Uh, your, your, yep, right, the cucumbers, the melons. Good. All right. Hey, thanks for the call. Okay, yes, Norm. thank you very much. Sure thing, yeah. Okay, bye. Do you say we have another call? Uh, we got Danny, is that Danny and Callis? Hi, how you doing? Good, Danny. How about you? Oh, not too bad. Beautiful day. Yeah. Uh, I got a question about my zucchini. Oh, okay. I, and, I, and you may have answered this already. I just tuned in, so. It <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, I had two uh, very healthy zucchini plants. Y- yeah. And I didn't check them for a couple of days, so I went out to check, and one of them was just laying flat on the ground. Really? And I said, what the heck's wrong with that thing? Oh, boy. And then, uh, so I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it. I'm not yeah. the greatest gardener in the world, but uh, I went out a couple of days later and the other one's flat on the ground yeah, and, yeah. and they were very prolific. I mean, they were That's producing true, yeah. great, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it looks like the bases of them yeah. have just totally rotted off. Is yeah. that is that well, from it's a, a... It's called a squash borer and, uh, okay. and what you want to do is you want to go ahead and take a knife, cut it off and and uh, do a little surgery on the on the stem there because you you'll find a a grub oh almost the size of your little finger i mean it's a it's a really grotesque little <laughs> and the reason you want to go in there and do that surgery is that part of its life cycle is that that little grub's going to going to um uh you know, be part of the life cycle, so you you'll get them over and over again. So uh, if you go in there and do the surgery, you're gonna you're gonna um, you know circumvent the the life cycle. You're gonna stop it. I see. So you it's worth the trouble to go in there and and get the little grub out of there and, and uh, kill it. I didn't know whether it was a rodent or a bug, but now you've answered uh, my question. I would say. Uh, I mean, I'd be. I'd be curious if you go in there with a knife and split that open. You should see in the in the big main stem there someplace at least one and maybe three or four different grubs in there. Oh, okay, I'll do that. Uh-huh. And that's uh, yeah, that's a fatal disease, I'm afraid. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and it's just when you are enjoying the zooks. Yeah. yeah, I mean they were it was quite prolific. I mean, oh yeah, we were, we were doing well, and all of a sudden, bang, nothing. Well, I, I grow one of my zucchinis uh, uh, up on a trellis, and it's the uh, trombone zucchini. I don't know if you've heard me talk about it before, but uh, one of the reasons I like the trellis is, is that it's less likely to get infested with that uh, with that bug. I see. I see. Well, thanks very much. Yeah, sure. Appreciate it. Yep. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Bye. Danny. I appreciate the call. Okay. Well, so that's it for calls right now? Okay. All right, good. Well, um, let's see. Going back to, let's see, we were talking about charred balls at the time, right? <laughs> so uh, you can figure on a serving, right? If it's well compacted, that's probably enough for a meal. So you can you can bring it out and throw it in the hot water, or if you want, put it in a bowl and nuke it. Um, and uh, so you have some instant greens. Um we do something similar. My wife is uh, um, has this uh, recipe from her mom um, with the collard greens, and she'll actually uh, she parboils them and then mixes them with uh, butter and vinegar, and then we freeze those in packets. And uh, the nice thing about that is when we make our uh, we put the rice in the rice 
uh, cooker. You know, we have one of those electric rice cookers. You put it right on top of the, in a tray, right on top. And uh, it cooks down right on top of the rice. And then all that good stuff, uh, you know, uh, cooks right down into the rice. It's really good, really good way to do it. And um, all winter long, it's really nice to just go to the freezer and grab a bag of of, um, uh, collard greens or kale greens. And, uh, you know, it makes your meal half done. And that's one of the things that, um, as you graduate in your gardening skills, right, is to um, your goal is to have fresh as much fresh as you can dur- throughout the year, uh, throughout the summer while you're growing your garden. But the the next step is start to think about well, what can you put by? What can you start to store? You know, we do. Um, I like to do about uh, thirty of those uh, uh, pint and a half uh, jars of um, dilly beans. Uh, I like to freeze uh, 30 or so uh, cups of uh, basil pesto, you know, with uh, with um, basil and parsley. And uh, I use walnuts, not pine nuts, but walnuts. And, of course, uh, olive oil and garlic. And and um, I'll make up, um, I'll try to just over, you know, over time as the basil plant grows, the the neat thing about it is you can harvest some and you can harvest again and then you can harvest ag- again you know by pinching out the leaves in the in the uh, they grow up in the nodes it encourages them to branch out more so you'll have like a little basil bush if you don't pinch them out then they just tend to grow right straight up and then and then flower so if you keep pinching out that that top bunch it'll it'll continue to um uh, branch out, and you'll have a, a better harvest by actually uh, pinching them out and using them as you go along. So, I'll go through. Uh, I'll go through and um, you know pinch out uh, what I figure is about two cups of packed basil, and that's my my you know what I'll use to start with. And uh, and then of course at the end of the season, you know, in a few weeks actually, I'll uh, I'll go ahead and take the whole plant, but. Uh, until then, just by uh, pruning it, you know, you'll get a harvest. You can uh, make your basil pesto or whatever else you want to do with it and uh, and encourage more growth. Okay, so we have another call, Jim in Bristol. Jim, welcome aboard. What Hi. can I do for you? Well, I've been having trouble with my peaches. Um, last year, the uh, Blue Jays got them while we were gone. <laughs> oh, just pecked holes in every one. Oh, well, this is an easy solution. Just never leave your house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, and, and then this year, I have a beautiful crop set. I pruned pruned them pretty heavily, and I have a beautiful crop set. Yeah. And um, I noticed some peach leaf curl. Oh, uh, yeah. And it, that kind of subsided, and that um, just as the peaches were starting to get ripe, um, I got the brown rot. Okay, and on the on the fruit itself. On the fruit itself, and yeah. that's devastating. Yep. And, uh, and um, looking up on the internet, I saw that you know I needed to possibly spray with a sulfur type spray for yep. the curl, uh-huh. and um, and they were saying like spray it when the, in the fall and the leaves are still on mm-hmm. um, and then again uh, when the leaves are off and then again in the spring and the ground mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I wonder if that will also um, eliminate the brown brown rot. Well, the, the brown rot, of course, it could be a, a few different uh, problems. Uh, it's sort of like the blossom end rot on a tomato, which is specifically mm-hmm. a, a problem in the nutrients in the soil. You need more calcium. So I, I wouldn't assume that there's a spray. I would look to my soil, and that's, uh, as a, any good gardener, that's really the place you want to look to first uh, to see. Um, I don't know if you feed them or fertilize them or, uh, you I know. did fertilize them uh-huh. with uh, some ProGrow. ProGrow, um, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, but that's the extent of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, you want to... Um, uh, it's really important that you clean up around the tree, right. and uh, because uh, both diseases and bugs uh, will live in the litter underneath the tree. And I, right. I know about this time of year, the last thing you want to do is really go out and start to clean up all this stuff. But a good raking, you know, and then some fresh mulch under there, and go ahead and you know feed them one last time. Um, will will help to you know right. again break that cycle, and that's really what you're trying to do more than anything is break the cycle of the both the bacteria, or viruses, or the bugs, and and all of those things. But also um, uh, look to your to your soil. Now, um, uh, one thing you you um, it was Forbes who mentioned to us about his apple trees that they weren't looking good and. And uh, I think that that what he found out is that the nutrients weren't really getting to the leaves, and uh, huh. that he needed uh, he used the dolomite line. To, he needed to enrich the soil with the calcium from mm-hmm. that. And you could use bone meal instead of that if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. But um, you know the best solution for all of those things is to you know. Um, uh, look to your soil and see what that needs, and that means you might want to actually do a soil test. Um, right. I know uh, he sends his to Cornell, uh, UVM. I'm not yeah. sure that they're still doing soil tests. There was oh. a, a rumor about that that they had stopped doing that, but I don't know for sure. So you'd have to have to look that up. But um, right. you know, uh, so that's uh, that's uh, you know. One, make sure you clean things up. Two, check your soil, you know. And uh, three, make sure that you you do your soil additives and then a a new mulch. And those are the things that you're going to do to help prevent that. So you don't recommend a, uh, you know, a a fungal spray like a sulfur of some sort? There's really no harm in doing it. If Mm -hmm. If you've diagnosed that that is the problem, there's no harm in doing that. Right. Uh, sulfur, is it a sulfur spray or is it a copper spray? Uh, I believe it's sulfur-based, oh. and then uh, okay. it may be a compound, however. Um, the one they uh, use for my tomatoes is the copper one. And so uh, I is that a copper sure. sulfate? It is, yeah. It's a yeah. well. They they color it blue, so it, you can tell what it is. But okay. uh, I'm not sure. I would have to actually go back and read the you know read the the little book that comes with right. it to see. But if um, I would just double check that, right now the trees are themselves have been very healthy. You know yeah. the leaves are really vibrant. And, yep, and uh, everything was going on good last year. There was no brown rot. Uh, yeah, and this year has been so much rainier, um, and they really grew a lot. So yeah. I think you know it created an environment where uh, 
a fungus could get going yeah. uh, a little easier. Um, well, you know, like tomatoes and and every other plant, is there's a cycle where you know it's gonna it's gonna lose some leaves, especially now. We're really right. starting to go into a dormant season. Sure. It's been really hot. You're gonna you know even as I drive down the county road to to work, you know there's the leaves are starting to turn. Right. Um, so, you know, the, some of that is just the, the natural cycle that we're up against right now. Once it fruits, it says, okay, I really don't need these leaves anymore because I've done my job. Yeah, they don't, the leaves aren't, aren't paling very much. They all look fresh. Mm-hmm. I noticed that, and they, that these trees, uh, they hold their leaves quite uh, Oh, is that right? One the, yeah. One of the last trees to, to lose their leaves. So, uh-huh. um, yeah. And, uh, what kind of peaches well, are they? Are they the Reliance, that one? No, they're uh, the Contender, Contender, uh, huh? which is uh, a step up from the uh, Reliance. They're, um, they're, it's even colder, more cold-hardy. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and uh, they, they, do, they do quite well here. Oh, so uh, so you're really about. getting peaches. Now, are you oh, over by the... Yeah? You're over by the lake, or are you... No, I'm in Bristol. Oh, okay, and, right. You know, right. just... Down, yeah. We're down, but we're yeah, not yeah. all the way out in the you know yeah, yeah. in the valley. But we're uh, uh, having lived in Lincoln for uh, twenty six <laughs> years. Uh, quite a change. There's no no way you're going to grow peaches up there. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. That's good information. Thanks, Jim. I yeah. Really well, I, I recommend them. Uh, everybody I know that's, that's grown those has had great luck with them. Yeah. And, yeah. Where'd you find them? Were they? Well. That's what they are. Um, uh, the previous owners of our of our place here had planted them, and I think they were probably three years old or oh, yeah. when we first yeah. came. And, yeah. uh, they 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 start fruiting quite quite early, oh. you know. So huh. they're they're a they're a really nice thing to plant. Yeah. Anyway, okay, I great. Appreciate I appreciate that and uh, and sure love thing, the show. Jim. Yeah, well, okay. thanks. I appreciate. It. I'm okay. glad you called. All right, thank you. Bye bye. We uh, we talked about the pruning the cucumbers, which I thought that was interesting, and and uh, um, our caller call, uh, pointed out that that probably would work just as well with the uh, with the cantaloupes and the other uh, uh, vining crops like that. We talked about the chard balls. If you're interested, that I thought that was interesting. <laughs> And uh, a few people asked me, uh, gee, I've got lots of blooms but no squash on my zucchini. And another one on a, actually a, um, uh, the winter squash. And um, one of the things that uh, you could try, and um, we still have some time, you know, for once the zucchini actually uh, sets, they'll, you know, you've got quite a few weeks left to go. So... If you're not having uh, a lot of the female flowers, and the way you can tell your female flowers is that there's a swelling at the bottom of the flower, and it, it it's uh, it's an ovary actually, or and that's what needs to be fertilized. Um, what you can do is uh, prune out some of the the male um, the male flowers, and the male flowers are easy to tell because there's of course no swelling at the bottom of the flower, but also they usually have a long skinny stem, and if you uh, so if you're having problems, you're not getting uh, your um, 
your uh, female flowers aren't setting or they're not even producing female flowers, you can go in and cut out maybe not all of the male flowers, but cut out maybe half of them, half of what's there. And sometimes that actually will encourage the uh, female flowers to, to start to produce and give that a try. And um, one of the things we've been enjoying and, and I, is, um, is, of course, our large zucchinis. I mean, not, not the, not the five-inch ones, but, you know, when they're more like about a four-inch and the seeds haven't quite, haven't quite developed as I make the, uh, the, the zucchini steaks, you know. And I cut them about an inch, you know, maybe three-quarter, an inch, whatever. Cut them evenly so that when you put them on the grill, they'll, cut, they'll go ahead and roast in about the same time. So I'll mix up a, about a teaspoon of olive oil per slice and uh, at least, uh, you know, at least maybe oh, half, half a clove per slice, maybe even a whole clove. And uh, squeeze that into the olive oil, heat it up for a few minutes in the microwave, and then uh, just uh, brush on that uh, olive oil and garlic on the both sides of your zucchini. And actually, this works well as well for cabbage. If you happen to have cabbages in your uh, in your garden and you want to use them up, well, you go ahead and slice the cabbages one inch. And uh, then uh, baste them with this olive oil and garlic mix with a little bit of salt on there, a little bit of pepper on there, and then just roast them on each side until they're, until they're tender enough to eat. And uh, boy, those zucchini are, are absolutely delicious. And one of the first times I ever um, uh, saw this was, was up in uh, St. Albans at a, at a meeting there. Um, they have a farmer's market, and one of the guys was grilling, and he called them uh, veggie burgers. Well, they weren't veggie burgers like we know, but they were actually thick slices of zucchini, and he grilled these on either side, and he put some aioli in, on one side and a little ketchup on the other side and put it in a, in a bun, and uh, it was a, an incredibly good burger. <laughs> So um, when you get those uh, l- little bit larger zucchini, you know, you, you, you blinked and it's now four inches uh, around and, and 12 inches long. Uh, go ahead and uh, slice them up and uh, make zucchini steaks out of them. And they're really, really delicious. You, you, you cannot go wrong with that. And um, let's see. Oh, I, I've been making uh, hummus because, of course, the garlic is in now, and I've got trays and trays of garlic. So I like to make a—it's uh, a 24-clove hummus, and there's a lot of garlic in it. My, and uh, so I'll take uh, two cans of the uh, chickpeas, you know, the big cans, not the smaller ones, but the big ones. Um, and uh, I'll take two of those, and I'll I'll do uh, 24 cloves of garlic with that, and it's a cup and third of olive oil and two thirds cup of water and a teaspoon of salt. And what I like to do is I put it on a back burner, sort of at low, set my timer for 15 minutes, and let it just cook for a little while, and that takes some of the you know the sharpness of the the burn out of the garlic, and so. I'll either throw that in a, a food processor or, or nowadays I use my immersion blender. And that makes an, an incredibly delicious hummus with lots and lots of garlic. And it doesn't, 
you know, it's not like raw garlic, so it doesn't kill you. Um, and that's, uh, I've been doing that quite a bit. Um, let's see, just so I don't forget, and I'll mention this again, um, next week I hope to have uh, Nancy and John Hayden on, and they have just uh, written a book called Farming on the Wild Side, and they're up near Mount Mansfield, and they uh, that's a very interesting thing they're doing with their organic farm and a nursery. They call it the evolution of a regenerative or organic farm. So I'm real curious as to to what they're doing. They grow uh, fruit and perennials, and uh, it's kind of cool. Uh, so we'll have them on next week if everything goes according to plan. And they can tell us what a regenerative organic farm and nursery is. <laughs> and uh, this is, book is just out. I don't think it's even in the bookstore yet. I don't think it's out until like the 19th or something. But... Um, uh, did you uh, get any feedback on the on the hops growers? I found that very interesting. Uh, I I didn't know if uh, anybody had had uh, emailed in or said anything no, about I that. I didn't uh, receive anything, but I, I personally also found that. Wasn't that interesting, interesting though? Interesting, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's just, that uh, might be one of those plants I'll grow just to see what it looks like. <laughs> I have that, that section in my garden, you know. My coffee tree is or is still little. It's like yeah, and um, but that seems to be uh, growing nicely. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Uh, do you have any cherries on there? Oh no, it'll be a couple of years. Oh, a couple. That of, nice oh, that's lady right. That yeah. called. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Three years. Yeah, so, that's right. Um, so I'm not, you know, I'm not worried quite yet. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I've had the bad yield with the vine crops this year, so. Have you? First thing I'm going to, well, the good news is that my peppers are really great, including yeah. those little red poppers that I oh, like. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're a, lot of, a lot of green ones, and now they're turning red. Those are the ones I hollow out and uh, kind of uh, blanch a little bit to get some of the heat out of it. Then I fill them with Cabot Extra Sharp Cheese Ooh. and uh, oh. kind of grill them. <laughs> Jalapeno poppers. Yeah, huh? well, they are, but a little, little less powerful. I mean, if you, if you put them on raw... Yeah, and uh, boy, then it uh, it's yeah. something else. Yeah, no, I. So peppers are good, beans were good. Yeah, but uh, vine crops just weren't. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm just going to do some general soil testing all around there. Yep. Find out if I'm too high or too low on something because it's just third year in a row and it's kind of annoying. Yeah, really. <laughs> where know? where usually you expect a, yep. a huge harvest from. Right. From, yeah, well, I know what you I know what you mean because uh, that's what happened to my uh, broccoli, and apparently I wasn't the only one from from what I heard anyway. Um, so uh, well, we we do have a phone call here. Oh so yeah, okay. Well, we let's hit definitely. on another topic. Let me just see how this works here. Push that button. Push that button, and then say your first name in town, please. Ah, uh, you know who this is. Hey, Nola, I missed you guys <laughs> last week. So yeah, I, I wondered thought, where you were. I uh, just quick catch up, but I don't want to interrupt what you're talking about. Oh, no, please do. <laughs> well, I don't know about that either. Uh, just a, a couple of odds and ends and an encouragement to all of us that do garden to mm -hmm. encourage others to grow. This is based on the fact that I had to do something I don't like this morning, and we had to go down to the High and Holy Middlebury Co-op and buy some things. Oh. <laughs> and I am a very stingy, not capitalist person. But while we were there, there was a young man, probably a college student, uh -huh. and he was gazing at the herbs. Yeah. 
And I just, I blurted this out. I didn't mean to, and I was serious. I said, buddy, come on up to my place. I'll give you all of that for free. (laughs) Here there were these tiny little handfuls of oregano, $3, basil, $5. I thought, oh, we can do better, even college students, you know. Just get people growing fresh, and then that whole plastic idea won't be an issue because we won't need plastic, you know. So it's just... um, and, And yesterday I received a phone call from a woman I didn't know who basically, you know, I picked up the phone, she introduced herself, and she said, I want your greens for a party I'm having, but I don't want all that plastic that they're packaged in. <laughs> so I said, come on up. Yeah, sure, come and on I up, spent, bring your bring your paper bags, right? <laughs> yeah, I spent the afternoon, oh, maybe she'd like this. And by the time she got here, I had this huge box full of <laughs> treats from the garden, and it just felt so good to be able to do that, yeah. to have... A yep. place where you can gather things that are gifts to others. Oh, sure. And, and I, I know what you mean uh, at work. Uh, so somebody always brings in a, a bowl or a, or a tub of, uh, of cherry tomatoes or sometimes even some of the other ripe ones when they've just got more than what they really need. And yep. and uh, it's it's fun to, to share, um, you know, those yes. the, the so harvest cool. for sure. Very good. So I'd like to give you guys a Robert Frost poem and remind you that we'd still love it if the dynamic duo could get to Ripton before the snow falls (laughs) and do a talk. So we should follow through on that. Anyway, it's maybe a little early for this poem, but Mm -hmm. let's do it. It's called Nothing Gold Can Stay. Mm -hmm. Nature's first green is gold. Her heart is to you to hold. Her early leaves a flower but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief. Mm. So dawn goes down today, nothing gold can stay. Let's hold on to the gold as long as we can. Let's do, and let's, next time I bother you, I would love to help share with my friends out there a little bit about the magic of leaf color change. Mm, it's mm. um yeah it's science but it's it's good science it's more than science in any way so we'll save that for okay. the next time because there is a next time they're not cutting you off yet are they uh yeah no not yet they better not. i think our last one is the 21st or the 28th i don't know which one of november uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I wish you both, all next, of you, a great week. Yep. And let's next week we have um, the uh, the folks on for the Farming on the Wild Side, it's called. Okay. Is the name of the book, and it's uh, Nancy and uh, John uh, Hayden. Right. So I'm I'd... looking forward to that. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Be well. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Appreciate the call, Noel. Yep. Thank you. So um, it's a good time to check your supply of spinach seeds because, uh, you know, I'm going to recommend that you plant as much as you can uh, this fall so that you have a wonderful spinach first thing in the spring when it first comes up and it'll come up right through the snow and um, it's... um, uh, But you do have to have the seeds in order to do that. It's a, it's a, uh, and the, um, 
there's one uh, called the giant, um, and that's a that's a giant spinach, and that's that's a really good one. I've had good luck with that. But honestly, any spinach seed that you happen to have, just go ahead and plant it. It uh, works really well. Um, then uh, let's see. And harvest time it is, yeah. So I'm kind of curious as what everybody is is doing with all the abundance. Like I said, the green beans, um, uh, you know, I like to make those dilly beans. Besides just plain old everyday eating them all the time. But And then um, uh, we have uh, lots and lots of kale right now. It's just these huge leaves, you know. And some of it's red and some of it's green and some of it's the dinosaur kale. And then the the collard greens are coming in. They're they're also just monstrous. So we're going to put those by. And uh, the tomatoes, uh, the I have some San Marzanos, which uh, which are really looking good right now. So uh, we're going to cook those down. And um, I'm going to try it a little bit different this year. So I'm not even going to uh, you know put them through the grinder there. I'm just going to go ahead and. Uh, cook them down and put them right in the the food processor and skins and seeds and all and and uh, then either freeze them or can them one or the other. So those will, those would be good. The cherry tomatoes I like to uh, when we get a whole bunch and I get a little more than I can handle I'm going to put those in the dryer and and dry the cherry tomatoes and then we have uh, uh, some big boys. And what uh, what we don't use, I'd like to put those in the dryer. I like to make a, a tomato chips. You know, they're they're good size, and I cut them about a quarter inch, and we dry them. They dry out pretty much overnight, maybe sometimes 24 hours. But um, if you don't have a dryer, I really recommend the the um, um, uh, the electric, uh, the one that I like is the Escalibur. It's got, uh, I've got nine trays. It comes five trays or nine trays. But the thing I like about it is you can, you can change the temperature and you can set a timer. And those I, are, are really great. We, we've done it without those, but it's, um, it's so much better if you can set the temps because your herbs, they're going to grow, they're going to dry a little bit cooler than, you know, like your tomatoes, you know. Your herbs you want maybe 105 degrees, whereas your tomatoes you want 125, 135, and they're a little. They need a little bit more heat. And then when I do our leathers, when we do the leathers, those need a little bit more heat too. So it's nice to be able to set the the temps on the on that dryer. So um, you said you had a dryer, right, Joel? Yep, I have one of uh, Ron Popeil's, you know, Vegematic. Oh, yeah, but yeah. he was selling the dryer. So just one temperature on them. But yeah. not I use them not only for the uh, cherry tomatoes, uh-huh. but uh, this doesn't come out of the garden. Yeah. Uh, to, uh, I take uh, bananas. <laughs> not not overripe ones. I hate the taste of over. I like underripe bananas. Is that right? So anyway, I dry them, uh-huh. slice them, 
uh, you know, and just to, like you would slice them for your cereal. Yeah, you know? sure. Okay, and yeah. then I put a drop of maple syrup on the top Ooh. of it and dry them, and they Ooh. are so good. Yeah. And I, for one, I'm so sensitive to sulfites. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's yep. that's literally why I don't drink wine regularly. Yep. You know, I actually get breathing problems. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I if I overindulge. Yeah, my wine. wife's same problem. Yeah. You know, and she so, stays away from the red wines particularly. Yeah, that's it. They have yeah. more. And I trouble is I really like a good Chianti. It's a killer. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, you know, you pay the price for it. But yeah, at any rate, the, if you buy dry fruit, as good as it is, it's it, usually loaded you, with sulfites. It, yeah, it is. So I just, uh, but the, the, of all the dried fruit, dried cherries and everything uh-huh. that I've tried, uh-huh. you know, it's I have to go to the P&C and buy a bunch of bananas because those okay. are the best. Ooh, all right. Drop well, of maple syrup. Right now, of course, the, the cantaloupes are in. Oh, those are wonderful. I did that uh, after you oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> word. Isn't that good? I tried to buy that at the supermarket this year. Your dog on it, you know. <laughs> yeah. My vine crops. Are, yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I mean, my my cantaloupes are not very big, and and uh, we're just looking forward to a couple of spoonfuls, and you know, I, <laughs> so I, I won't thinking, be drying any from the garden. I anyway. keep thinking of Ed's book. My my book would be from the from an alternate universe you know, <laughs> where, where nothing grows. It's really I've have, I've been struggling lately, and I can't I can't blame anything external. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I the 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 deer did cut down on my uh, tomatoes of all things because they ate the tops of the plants off. Yeah. But I had so many tomato plants yeah. that you know if I if I really wanted you know a lot of yield, I, I should have put up the fence again the uh, the, yeah. the monofilament uh, which does work. Yeah. Uh, but they ate the tops of the plants, so there were fewer tomatoes. But of yeah. all the different varieties that I have, <laughs> I've got plenty for me and the family. Well, you're a bit like Merlin, you know. Yeah. I ex- or sort of expect there to be yeah. an, an owl in your beard there. Right. And <laughs> you're quite the nature boy. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I have all these bird feeders, and I'm just yeah. been told so many you can't yep. attract them, you know, no. to your feeders without expecting them to go to your garden for <laughs> dessert. You know. <laughs> so like waving the flag yeah, right. <laughs> yeah no that, that, that yeah the owl that i have with the with the electric eyes that just you know uh-huh. stare yeah the crows just sit on top of it and, and chat with each other oh well what's new you know and they're sitting on top of this owl that's what i have to take a picture we do have a phone oh yeah a okay. caller and, oh, okay great and hopefully this caller is having better luck with uh, his or her vine crops than i than i have this year but hey uh, your first name in town Frank from Burlington. Frank, and, you're, well, and you're on with Peter. Sorry. It's, that's yeah. all right. Yeah, they say about Burlington, it's not Vermont, but it's close to it. <laughs> kind of, yeah. You just mentioned something about monofilament with deer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fishing line. Yeah, can you tell me about it? Because I'm thinking more in terms of food plots than I am. Okay, well, the thing is, they don't see it. Uh, I, I, if you, if, I, I buy these plastic... Uh, a fence post that that they that they sell that you could use for electric fence. It has you know you can you can string uh, any kind of material wire or anything around it at any height. So you try. I'll try to get like the five feet uh, post and string one about neck high for the deer and one about uh, you know just above where their legs meet their body, and they they push up to it and they can't exactly figure out what's going on. And they'll back off. It works really well. Do they? They won't jump over it. Well, not not if, not if you have one of them neck high. They they don't know exactly what it is, so they don't know what they're jumping over. You know. So neck high, and then and then chest high. Yeah, 
Now, of course, other people use electric fence at the same heights with one lower to keep the smaller critters out and, you know, with a, yeah. with a solar panel on it. Yeah, I've seen those at some of the game shows, but the monofilament would be... Really, really cheap, yeah. They, yeah. And, of course, the electric, I hate to say it in, in, in this day and age, but uh, I've, I've known a couple of people that went to all the trouble to put the electric fence up, and then someone runs off with their solar panels. You know? <laughs> they, they, they will invite the, uh, you know, yeah. they invite the, the lesser of, uh, of among us. <laughs> yeah. you know, cause but uh, it, it, once you have it set up, it does work. And, uh, of course. So, uh, so you're talking, say, maybe like three feet off the ground and then five feet off yeah, the ground? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then, because that would be good to do during this time of year when the food plots are grown, and then take them down come September or October. Yeah, it's very easy to do. And uh, yeah. I've noticed the first time the deer came, I had like three or four tents of pole beans. And they ate them right from the middle. I <laughs> said, <laughs> <laughs> "What plants were eaten in the middle?" And uh, this year, I, was, I said, "You know, I never saw them in the backyard, but I, all the tops are off my tomato plants." But then I have this. Uh, what does what my wife call it? Hafa or something? Flowers in the Hosta. front. Hosta. Hosta. Yeah. In the front yard, and yeah. they stick. Oh. They you have the leaves. The leaves are always there, and then the, these long stems come up with the flowers at the end. Yeah. And the deer had eaten all of them down. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. They love. They love the hosta. Yes. Yeah, so, absolutely. Salad for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they must have gone to the backyard and lowered. Because I always get a kick out of having like a six foot tomato plant, but they just ate the tops of them. You know. Mm. You know, before oh, well, any fruit set. No, it's good. Thank yeah. you for that information. Yeah. I pass this on to the guys down at Deer Camp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and I buy. I think it was at, uh, uh, not at Costco, but at the um, uh, what, what one of those big supply stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lowe's or Lowe's. Yeah, uh, that's exactly where I got them in their yeah. garden. The plastic pipes. Uh, the, the plastic. plastic pipes. Uh, yeah, that uh, that have little clips on them, so you can put any kind of fencing, including electric fence, around them. This lady up the block <coughs> has some miniature horses, and uh, I'm on Mallets Bay, and, and mm. she and and she keeps her horses in with those the same with those same uh, fence posts, which I mm. think are only like two or three bucks a piece, so it's yeah. very inexpensive. Well, okay, well, good. Thank you very much. Enjoy your show. Yeah, thank you. All righty, take care. appreciate that, yeah. Yeah, even though you're in the banana belt. And <laughs> yeah, I'm lucky. If any, if, if I'm lucky about any, oh, and my morning glories are starting to come up now. They were teasing me for a long time by having abundant and verdant leaves, yeah. but no flowers. And yeah. now, now, the, now the flowers are coming up. But there was one year, I don't know what the heck happened, but I had like a million flowers. People, neighbors were asking me for mm. seeds and everything. Mm. And then, you know, I mean, still have morning glories, but there would only be about six or eight flowers you know, every morning, which is still nice to see. But that one year, and I have photographs of it. Yeah, my entire mailbox. So was you have just proof. A, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it's just Mother Nature decides to do what she wants to do in my world. You it, know, in spite of know, what I do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's it. That's what you you try to uh, you 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 try to work with whatever you're given because that's um, you know that that you have any other choice. You know. So if it's hot and dry or if it's wet and rainy and, you know, cloudy or, you know, all the different things. But, you know, the, the basics the basics are still the basics. You know, good soil makes, uh, makes everything uh, a little bit better. Well, uh, I'm trying to figure out what I did wrong by, you know, having a smaller garden, less of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, partial success. But now the one thing I didn't do this year was do a detailed 
soil test. And I did put lots of uh-huh. uh, compost and organic material in. Yeah. So I may have I may have uh, upped something and neglected something else. So yeah. I'll check and see maybe additives for next year. So I'm actually at this, at this point in the season, I'm going to do some soil tests to see yeah, what sure. I'm dealing with. It's you know? all, yeah, because this is... Um, uh, on my list of things to do uh, is to go ahead and start to uh, put your fertilizers in, your soil additives, or rock powder, or the sea kelp, all of those things. And uh, one of the things I'm going to try this year is using a broad fork in my my beds. And uh, what a great instrument that is! Uh, yeah, it's fun. I, I've been been watching and thinking about it, and I thought, oh, this is the year that I should do a I should get in there and use those. So I'm going to use those in conjunction with uh, the additives, uh, you know, the fertilizer and the rock powders and all that stuff and, and work it into the soil that yeah. way. Ed Smith was a strong believer in, the, in those. In the broad know, fork? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the, and the, the additives, the rock. Yeah. What, the, what is he called? Uh, Azomite was the one. That That's they, it. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, he and his son have had just remarkable gardens year after year. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it takes. <laughs> well, so um, just a, a final note here is um, the, uh, well, uh, as you decide what to, to put by, uh, take some notes for next year. Um, it always helps to sort of, uh, at this time of year, think about what's worked well and what hasn't worked well. I, I know you're taking notes over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so as part of your notebook, um, you know, notes for next year has always been uh, a big one for me. Um, you know, uh, of course, I couldn't get in the garden early this year. And one of my big notes is get in the garden earlier this next year, <laughs> God willing. Um uh, and, uh, you know, get those broccoli plants in earlier and make sure that uh, by May you've got them in. Yeah, my clue is when I see, when I start to see the uh, uh, the, um, the fiddleheads yeah, <laughs> start poking go. up their little yeah, heads, I say, this, okay, now this is, this, this is, Mother Nature is saying it's gardening time. Yeah, you know? that's the thing I like about the spinach is it, yeah. it's sort of, you know, it, uh, it's the race is on, you yep. know, that's mm-hmm. the, that's the, uh, the bell, that's the one that. Uh, this says it's time to start planting, and that. So, uh, get your uh, pen and paper out and write down some notes for next year. Things that you would really like to remember that you probably won't remember unless you write them down. And uh, yeah, I throw them in the box and then I collate them. You know, in, in <laughs> yeah. the dead of winter. You know, when oh, I yeah. started, I was wondering what it, yeah. what it was ever like to have a garden. It's amazing how you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's see. Next week, uh, well, probably the week after, we'll talk about having a garden in the winter, the salad garden, yes, the year-round indoor salad mm-hmm. gardening, which is a book that I wrote, and um, it's a great way to. Um, to keep gardening and uh, and have wonderful salads all winter long without um, much more than a, a windowsill and a kitchen cupboard. And well, can... I was advised by two very wise friends of mine is mm-hmm. that get Peter's book oh. and B, <laughs> just as important, follow the directions. <laughs> Yeah, you you must have worked out every kink in that uh, you know, in the process because uh, it, you know it's very easy. Well, I'll take a shortcut. Well, yeah, 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 right. But uh, you've got it down. There's no two ways about it. Well, it's it's so easy. I mean, that's sort of always that was one of my requirements. Is, is it has to be something I can do uh, after work. You know, mm-hmm. so. 
Uh, yeah, so we'll talk about more of that. Uh, maybe not next week because we got the, the Hayden's coming, and uh, but uh, we'll the week after. And I think that may be the end of it. I'm not sure. Uh, I you know, it's the 21st or the 28th. I can't remember. Uh, let's see. We. Uh, I, I don't know, and we I don't I'm looking at the Red Sox schedule because that usually <laughs> determines whether we're on or not. But it's, we don't have it that we don't have the Red Sox schedule that far down yet. So yeah, yeah. we'll just assume we'll just assume we'll keep going as we'll, long as our key fits the door here. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> we'll have something more definitive. Yeah. How's that for a promo? Yeah. When we find out, we'll let you know. <laughs> That's not the way it's supposed to be on radio, is it? No. Coming up soon. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're in the communications business. You know, which if we ever find out, we'll pass it on. But no, just assume week after week we'll be yeah. here until we tell you otherwise. Okay. That's right. Okay. Thank you, Peter. Sure thing, Joel. See you next week. Yeah. Talk to you later. Inch by inch. Row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. In the Garden this week has been brought to you by the good folks at Menards Agway, your family true value neighborhood yard, garden, and pet place right there on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Grow Compost of Vermont, Route 2 in Moortown, compost, soils, mulches, and great, great gardening advice. Check out their gardens on Route 2. Wow. The Willie Store, your true value store in Greensboro, right there near Caspian Lake. And true to there, the commercial message they give us, man, everything is there, absolutely everything. Guy's Farm and Yard with four locations to serve you. Montpelier, Morrisville, Williston, and St. Albans. So there's one near you, has to be. Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, Main Street in Colchester. Clausen's.com for mega Monday coupons. They're on Monday, but they uh, are good for the whole week, so get them, print them out, or put them on the uh, on the smartphone every which way with apps and all those things I don't understand. They do, and they'll save you money. PR Lumber, locally milled lumber, family owned on Route 15 in Walcott. Your locally owned Montpelier Agway, headquarters for seeds, feeds, and lots more on uh, Route 2 in Montpelier, and by the nice folks at V's Flowers and Garden Shop. It's just an absolutely lovely place. Main Street in Waitsfield. And we definitely will see you next week at 1230 in the garden. Row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm.